Hey everyone, welcome to the Wallet Podcast. I'm James Marshall, and as always, this episode is brought to you by Pure Sports CBD and Fortune Favors. So head over to wallet.com um, to find out more information on either of those products, or just go over and check out that Unreal website. And the merch is coming soon. But anyway, let's get to today's guest as I have an absolute lad on for this one. He's played for Southland and the Highlanders before moving over to Scotland to play on the international stage. He's also been playing for Edinburgh and now he's at the Newcastle Falcons in England. And as all good lads have, this man will have plenty of good stories from along the way. It is the great man himself, John Hardy. Welcome, Hardsource. Thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, it's great to be on your podcast, mate. Uh, I listen to it a wee bit and... Uh really enjoy it mate oh good stuff how's life over in newcastle how's how's the newcastle life treating you uh well we're actually not doing a lot at the moment we've been pretty much a year since we've been locked down so there hasn't been much freedom but yeah i've had enough of it really but um (laughs) it sounds like we're on the upward curve now which is good so hopefully we can get back into some form of normality because um uh, i can't even remember the last time i Sat at a pub and had a pint and or a meal out or anything like that. So um, that'll be a f- nice crisp one when we do get around to it. Jeez, you'll be missing that. What are you up to to keep busy? You'll be punting up a storm, are you? I've knocked that on the head for the last two years, which is good. Oh, that's, so that's good um, news. I don't. I I used to have a big interest in it, but uh, just just become a bit of a waste of money. So I knocked it on the head a couple of years ago. So n- now it's. Um, I don't know, a lot of Netflix and <laughs> trying to, try to do some study, wake up in the morning and say I'm going to do heaps of study, but nothing gets done. <laughs> what are you trying to study? <laughs> uh, just strength and conditioning. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm just trying to do that. But um, I, I, the worst thing is that like, you get as much time as you want to do it, so you can just keep putting it off. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> But eventually, it's, it's going to have to get done. Fair enough. Well, anyway, let's go back to the start for you, mate. Um, tell me a little bit about you growing up. Uh, so I was uh, born in a place called Lumsden in northern Southland. And we had, we've got a farm in uh, Dipton um, on the Caroline Valley. Um, my brother's just taken that over from my parents. I've just recently retired a couple of years ago. Yeah. So he's taken off there, and um, yeah, great childhood, running around around the hills, getting bullied a bit by the, my brothers as I was the youngest of the four four of us. True, but um, yeah, no, it was it was great. Eh? Just um, it was a very small like like school I went to. Like it was from from five to thirteen, and there was seventy kids there. So. Yeah. And were, so I never went to intermediate. So it was like straight into Southland boys. And I didn't know what was happening when like um, kids were talking back to teachers. And I was like, wow, wow, <laughs> they're actually talking back to teachers. <laughs> so bad. Correct. But you were an absolute wizard at um, footy from a real young age. I've had heaps of messages from people saying that you were an absolute gun from the age of five. So tell me about your little rugby journey. Um. When we started, we used to play like in Winton. We so we were from about five to eight. We had a dipped inside, but obviously we didn't have enough numbers after the eight-year-olds. Um, but I just remember I used to be so excited to go play 
that mum used to put the wheat books in the bowl and I um, used to eat my wheat books with my mouth garden and then I just start dry reaching. So <laughs> that's how excited I was to go. And uh, and then it got it got to the point like mum and dad would take me down to, to the rec grounds in Dipton and uh, I had golf at one o'clock um, and I had to be there in time. So I really was annoyed if I had an 11 o'clock game. I always wanted it at 10.30. Yeah. So I'd just finish my game, jump, no shower, just straight in the car. Mum would take me up to the golf club, get my golf clubs out and do 18 holes of golf. So I love my sport like right through away. Sure. Lived still, and breathed it. Are you still that excited to play a game? Um. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Um, I'm always, I'm always, I always know shit. How fucked am I going to be? Like, no matter what's going, because I suppose when you go out for a rugby game, no matter how fit or how unfit you are, is it, you're going to get smashed up every time, aren't you? So you just have to get ready for that. Yeah, hundred percent. So what about your golf? Did you were you quite good at golf, and did you have a decision on rugby or golf at any stage? To be fair, at one stage there, it was um, I enjoyed it probably more than rugby but obviously um my parents obviously wanted me to play everything but obviously they wanted t- me to play team sport mostly as well so but i i love golf i was while i was at primary school i was in on single figures at, in primary sure. school when i was 12 um and then eventually when it's i sort of like broke into the sort of uh rugby scene first 15 sort of thing and i just didn't really have the time, but I still love to get out now and pretty much all locked down. I've um, been buying new clubs and all sorts and <laughs> there's nowhere to go. So I'm just <laughs> sitting here like looking at my golf clubs at the moment, just wanting to get out. True, that's tough. And then talk to me about your um, Southland Southland boys um, time because I know, I think I played you, I might have played you once or twice at Nelson College and you were absolute guru just running a muck at school level. There was uh, my academy manager, but he was also um, a first 15 coach back then. He has a massive influence on me and I suppose he I was under his wing and from fifth form um, and I just loved it. Eh? I lo- I, that's when I thought, I remember what I, I went home. I used to go for the holidays. I used to go um, do a bit of crutching and work on a farm just to get a bit of money during the holidays. Yeah. And I remember, I think it was about fourth or fifth form. And I just like every morning I got up and then I, I said to myself in my head, I was like, there's no way I'm not being a professional rugby player because I can't be doing this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, it taught me pretty early, like, um, that that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be professional, and uh, luckily it worked out for me. So, what did you what did you do once you decided that? Because a memory of you was when you turned up to the under 19s camps. Your arms were about the size of baseballs. You had massive guns. You must have put a conscious effort to get pretty massive or ripped um, at a pretty young age. What happened was I. Um, they were like I turned up to um, the academy training. I was I was trying like doing the pre-season, you know, you do the pre-season with the, with the senior guys and that. Yeah. And I t- turned up at 72 kgs and they said, you're not running, you're in the gym the whole time. And they and there was this product called Phosphogen Elite. 
Yeah. I, I don't know if you remember. Sounds dodgy. But I used <laughs> no, it wasn't dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I turned up at eighty-two after high school, and I within when I got to the start of the season, I was weighing hundred kgs. I put on twelve kgs in about four or five months. <laughs> Holy! <laughs> yeah, but then I because uh, I made the the New Zealand in the nineteens, and when it was in the last year, it was in New Zealand in the nineties. Yeah, and then. Um, the New Zealand 20s obviously got doubled over and I went to the trial and I remember um, uh, Mark Enskim telling me I didn't make the team because I was too muscle bound and just what looked like a waddle ground. True. Did you not make New Zealand 20s? Yeah. I made that 19s but didn't know how there's sort of that gap year where it yeah. changed. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I didn't make it um, uh, that that year. That, that that stung a bit, that one. I bet. You get pretty disappointed disappointed in those sort of situations because you made new zealand schools and you made new zealand 19s and then you so you missed out on new zealand 20s yeah i suppose it was probably the one of the best things that happened to me because yeah. like you can go through those things and go i'll make this team i'll make this team and you've got a bit of a reality check and i think that's the best thing that can sometimes happen to players and i think it was the best thing that happened to me and then it all happened pretty quickly after that. Eh? You were straight into that Southland team at, I think, the age of 18, weren't you? You were pretty young and fresh to be playing at the ITM Cup level. Yeah, I think it was like then we had, like there was this protocol, um, like I was allowed to play 100 minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, 100 minutes all up. Um, and I played mid and I got skinned by Adam Thompson Um I come off for 10 minutes, got skinned by Adam Thompson, just went right around me. And man, he was quick, eh? So quick. Too muscle-bound. And I thought, yeah, yeah, Anskin told me I was too muscle-bound. They, they told me I was too light the, the year before, and then I've come back too big. I was like, far out. <laughs> oh, crack up. So what happened on that debut? You got skinned by Adam Thompson, and then what? Uh, you got skinned by Adam Thompson, and I just was like, oh, no, this is how it's going to be. But that was in a preseason. but my first um, NPC start, we were playing Counties Manukau. Yeah. And I was, I was just, like, honestly walking backwards, and I and I went over on my ankle real bad. It just it landed on something, and I'd, like, taken – like, it was pretty bad, and I uh, just went straight away. You could see, like uh, – you could see the my sock like swelling. Holy! So that it was my debut. So I only lasted about ten minutes, but it was sort of the um, season after that um, that I sort of become more of a regular, and then started with uh, Boise, uh, a great man. Yeah. Um, but the Stags culture back then was was awesome. A eh? like um, we just had a great bunch of boys, and like. We weren't the most talented. We didn't have all the stars, but for shit, we worked hard, eh? And we had a good time off the field. Yeah, and you had a pretty successful time with winning the Ranfurly Shield a few times too as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, we we actually won in 2009, and uh, that was that was pretty awesome. And, um, yeah, it was, my mum was happy to see me on TV that night, I think it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell us the full story of that video. I mean, I've posted on the Waterlad page before the Yes Please video. 
I think Mark Sainsbury's doing, is he, he's, he's working for the news that day or something and you come up behind him and start <laughs> screaming, hey, yes, Yeah. <laughs> so, so what, what happened, we had a big night after we won, obviously, um, Christchurch and, um, we got home, I don't know, early hours of the morning, had a bit of sleep straight on the plane and then we're going straight to the Spates Owl House from the airport. We're still like a bit tiddly, obviously, still yeah. got that bit of morning glow on. <laughs> tiddly. And, uh, yeah, and Big Whopper goes to me, mate, we're going, we're going one for one all day today. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that's easy, thinking I was like the big shot 20-year-old. 20, 20 and he's, he's massive. He can down that. Man, we just started ripping in, and um, I, I, it was actually Tim Boys. Though we were just sitting outside, and Tim Boys was like, "Must have said to me, I can't really remember." Hards, you won't do it. You won't go and um, tap him on the back. Um, <laughs> and then I can't remember doing it, but I did it. I d must have done it, and everyone was trying to pull me away. And I didn't have a clue I'd done it. Um, and obviously, I, I, I went home, and uh, I got taken home, and. I woke up in the morning and I like had all these messages on my phone like you're an idiot, you're an idiot. And they go, I go, what are you on about? And I go, you're on TV. And then I got a text from my mum and she goes, that the only way you're getting away with this is because you won the round for the shield. <laughs> Otherwise, this never ha happens again. And I was like, oh no. So I didn't actually know until I got the texts in the morning, like you're an idiot and stuff like that. So, but geez, it was a big night. So that was lesson learned not to, not to go one for one with Whopper. But it was at, it was actually Boise's fault because if anyone tells tells me to do something, I'll do it. You're a yes man. <laughs> yeah, so, yes, you got to please everyone. So what did yes please mean? So, you know, did you know Doc Finlayson, Peter Finlayson, <laughs> yeah, legend yeah. Uh, Doc? Oh, same stories. Think, uh, yeah, um, it was like, it become like a saying, like if um, if something good happened or uh, like we're, so we're excited, we're going out or something, Doc would just go, yes, please, oh, yeah. yes, please. <laughs> and then everyone in the team started going, yes, please, yes, please, like this. <laughs> And it just sort of stuck out eh, for years and years, and um, it was just he was he he's a legend. Eh? He was such a legend. He made like he was like part of the the, the, the culture, and he was just the doctor. But he had such a ma massive influence. It was just so funny. That's correct. And what and when you first watched that video, what were you thinking? Oh, I honestly, I still can't watch it now. Like. Um, <laughs> I honestly like do you know when it just makes you want like in the seat just go right then back and just want to sink hey I remember the like, I find it a wee bit more funny now but it's still like it still haunts me a wee bit eh? but like back then when you're young you don't really worry about the consequences back but but if uh yeah, but this one of those things, and and we won the round for the shield, and it'll go down in history. So it's uh, so it's all good. <laughs> it's one of the all-time great videos. Oh, <laughs> oh. But you also were very successful on the field with the stags. I think you won Player of the Year there about ten times. You were so you had some unreal record every year. You'd seem to pick up the Player of the Year award. Yeah, I I think it was just that I love my rugby and. Um, I I just got told to express myself, so and and I loved um, coming back down from the Highlanders. I think that's what was one of the cool things was just 
um, being up in Dunedin and then coming down to the Highlanders with your mates and yeah. and uh, and and playing down there. And I just I just really loved it, eh? And I loved like the just the boys were were good and we had a, had a good culture and it was actually it was really fun to turn up every day and you just wanted to play for your mates, you know. Um, I think nowadays sometimes uh, it can become a bit like a pressure cooker now when everyone's watching what what tiptoeing around, watching what they say and um, greasing up to coaches and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that was never you. Nah, nah, I'd rather I'd rather not make the squad by... <laughs> I just want to by Grease and Arfe. That grates me, yeah. And then talk to me about your Highlanders' um, entry into that squad. Obviously, you I think you were quite young making that team as well. Yeah, it was um, it was a lot di- different in terms of, like, we did a pre-season A and there was this, I can't remember, I think, what the, what the hill was called, but it was up the back of... Um, of the ground in Dunedin and it was honestly like straight up and down and you, we just took off and we, it was like first to the top or first to the, like some sort of landmark and you're absolutely naked eh? and you're sometimes we're carrying stuff and we had this trainer called Cougar and we got to the top and he made us eat a dry wheat box and then run back down. <laughs> with your mouth and guarded. We <laughs> with your mouth guarded. Yeah, and he wouldn't, we weren't allowed to drink. And I was like, I was like, what? You're not going to be eating wheat box in, in the middle of the game, are you? So why are we training like this? I, I still remember Jimmy Cowan uh, was uh, running, running up Jacob's ladder, which was like, what would you call? Like, it was real straight up. I think, the only guy to ever run up there without stopping was either, I think it was Jason Schumacher or Matt Berquist. Oh, yeah. That goes way back, way yeah. back. But there was like, I think it was Inchy, the cameraman, like, was Cameron and Jimmy. And um, he went past the cameraman and he just went, he went, get on the effing road. There's no fucking, there's no hills on the fucking rugby paddock. What the hell are we doing this shit? Like, <laughs> In fact, Jimmy used to just crack Yafe. Eh? He used to love it. He loved bringing a bit of fizz, didn't he? Oh, and it sounded like you guys had a pretty good culture in, at the Landers during those days too. A few, we've had a few Landers guys on who all talked about their sort of parties off the field when that wasn't going so well on the field. Yeah, I think uh, we had like Jamie Joseph come in and he sort of brought a bit of a hard edge to us and but we, yeah, we did have a really good culture and we had, I think, in about 2012, we had a, had a good, quite a good season. And then we signed um, quite a few superstars. I think it was uh, Nonu, uh, Andrew Hoare, Tony Woodcock, I think Jose Gear and Tamari Ellison. I think Tamari Ellison was there earlier, but we were star-studded and everyone was like, wow, this is going to be the best season. And I remember thinking, how are we going to get beaten with this team, you know, where... And um, we we lost their first uh, eight games, and <laughs> and then the, there was this there was this joke going around through through the boys, um, calling us calling everyone Owen, and then it was everyone was like Owen eight Owen eight <laughs> like everyone was called Owen and Jamie Joseph heard and he goes and he went ballistic, okay, <laughs> so it was like. <laughs> 
So that was like, it was a year. I think we beat the Sharks um, in the ninth game and they could have drawn it right in front of the post last minute, but they went for the quick tap. So oh, we probably yeah. should have gone there. Yeah, so we got lucky with that as well. Oh, <laughs> but it, was a dis- it was a disaster of a season, eh? But we, we got the, – the best thing that happened, we come back from South Africa that year and we got snowed out the whole week and we come back from South Africa, didn't train once and come out on Saturday and put like 30 on the blues in the first half. So it just, Did you? It just shows like sometimes you don't actually need to get out there and do that week by week training. If you do that though, hey, you've got to perform. Otherwise, like if you, you know what it's like in rugby when, um, if you didn't do this or you didn't do your wee bit of contact here, they'll think that's a reason you lost. Oh, 100%. But you guys obviously turned your form around by 2015 when you, won the title and you were a massive part of the side that year talk me through that year yeah it was um it was just awesome eh? we had um like nasi and bender they were the captains and they they just like they were just good people and like nacho drove drove a lot of the culture and and and, and we had a lot of handy players as well but everyone got treated fairly and um I think we just sort of grew into the season. We, we we just hit peaks at the right time, and like we we had quite a few injuries um, around that sort of finals time. But like some boys were just stepping up, eh? And it was um, I mean, I didn't play in the final. I was um, I was in the stands, but man, it was awesome, eh? And then I just I actually couldn't believe it that we actually won because I think you you were you playing in that? Yeah, I was playing. Yeah, heartbreak, heartbreak, <laughs> eh? Like um, heartbreak, heartbreak for you, but because Bank Banksy dropped um, dropkeeper, didn't he? Yeah. To win it, he spoke about that for a yeah. on his podcast. He, he loved it. Yeah, yeah, he loved to tackle away. Eh? <laughs> nah, so that was it was it was awesome. Yeah, and um. I suppose that was my last year with the Highlanders, so it was a it was a pretty awesome way to to bow out of the Highlanders like that. Obviously, not playing, um, you know, and it's like sometimes we don't feel as part of it. But we were that sort of group where we all sort of felt part of it as well. Yeah, that's cool. So then, talk to me about your your move over to Scotland. Was that how did that come about? Were they chasing you, or um, was that always a part of your plan? Yeah, so I. I think about two or three years before that, I was actually going to go over to Scotland. Um, but uh, New Zealand rugby um, would, didn't let me go, blocked it because I was obviously contracted. And then I remember I got like, I had a newspaper interview, um, or you know how you talk to journalists and stuff like that. And they mixed my words up and said, like, would you think consider um, Scotland and stuff like this? And I go, oh, I'd really like to do that maybe one day, but I'm, I need to be here. And if nothing else works out, then I'll go to Scotland. Yeah. And the it wasn't even said like that. But then the, obviously the main people in Scotland heard, seen the quote in the paper, didn't want hardly anything to do with me after that. I thought it was quite disrespectful. And obviously it, but, and, and I was going to stay on at the Highlanders. And I, I remember talking and then I got a call from my manager said I got a call from uh, Vern Cotter and he goes mate uh, I need you to come try it for this world um, cup squad do you want to come over um, you got 
you got two days, pack your bags. So within, I'd just come back. We just had a big four day, four day <laughs> after the Highlanders victory. It was dust. It was still dusty, feeling like the world was going to end. But at least we had the Super Rugby title. <laughs> then got that call, so I recuperated myself, um, and I was pretty much on the plane. And, and I just got out and just um, pretty much turned up in Edinburgh and to some abusive Twitter messages and. Um, then I was pretty I, – I went into, like, it was so – do you know, it was so awkward. It was so awkward. Like, I was so nervous. It was like a little kid at school again. Yeah. And the boys didn't tell me this till like, later, like, after they got to know me and everything like that. But apparently um, they put a montage of me together saying this guy's coming out <laughs> over um, – this guy's going to come into the squad and join us. He's from New Zealand. And apparently it was the shittest <laughs> montage ever. And then – um apparently all i did was like the ball there was a loose ball and i dived on it and everyone in the thing was like Ooh, yeah how good's that and and i was just like what a start what a start to get to and um yeah and i had to do you know like when you get to do like jet lag protocols when uh when you come over so you're like not meant to train you do like light bikes for the first four days to get climatized in that yeah and I was just I was sitting on the side sideline watching the boys, and I wanted to be involved, but I couldn't because yeah. I wasn't loud. And Vern just comes up to sight and walks beside me. He's quite a intimidated man, Vern. Yeah. He just walks up beside me and go, "Oh fuck, you've come all this way just to sit on the sideline. Do you not feel it today?" And I was just <laughs> like, "Oh no." So I I was in my gym shoes, and I just started training in my gym shoes. And I think that. Uh, and I think he liked it. And he, like, he was he was laughing about it. Apparently, so uh, like you don't know what to do in those situations because he's a hard one to read as well. Yeah. But um, nah, the the boys were good, eh? They were really good. It's an awkward situation, but obviously you got over that pretty quickly because if anyone who's listened to the Blair Cowan episode will know how much of a domination you put on in that trial game for Scotland over there. Blair was watching from the sideline and he just saw his career go up and smoke as you just tore the Scotland team to shreds. Yeah, I, I, I was like a yeah, 15 on like 15. Um, I didn't even know before the day that it was going to happen. Yeah, I think it was, it was real weird, eh, like, I no, I didn't even hardly know the moves or anything like that. I was just like, honestly, in, everywhere I popped up, it was turned into gold, <laughs> and and I was like, and I was like, obviously, yeah, yeah, you feel you feel you're pretty good about it, but then, um, like, I remember I just did like a, a tip on, but I knew Vern, Vern like got me into the office after that training, and he's just like, how do you reckon went in that? And I go, oh, yeah, I went all right. Oh, I thought I went all right. And he goes, yeah, yeah, good. But, like, he picked me up on, like, a late clean or something. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I kind of needed that game because, like, I wanted to, like, when you go over to a place like that, you have to, like, earn people's respect, I think. Yeah, like, that's what you want to do when you go to a new team, eh? Yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest things uh, when you go to a new team is you want to play well and, and to show them that 
in the air sort of thing. Yeah, especially after your um, dodgy video that they had seen. Oh, I know, I know. That would have been like, who's this idiot? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's dived on a ball. I actually, they still talk about it now. It's been about five or six, five or six years ago. But the old montage, I should actually ask if I can get it and I'll send it through <laughs> send to you. It through. I'm sure the one lad listeners would love to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you mentioned um, you got some abusive Twitter messages and stuff. So what what was the general public and the media like with you going over making the Scotland team? Yeah, obviously that was like um, Hardy parachuted into squad and demeaning the jersey was like media reports and stuff like that. But then I I didn't I don't think I only had Twitter then maybe I don't know yeah. I don't know I didn't really re- I didn't really read much media yeah. I just remember my phone going off if like people at you like Twitter and stuff like that yeah. but to be fair I wasn't even that worried but I I remember reading a, a Twitter message like I don't know a request and it was like get out of this country you puffed it like um, we don't want you here you're stopping the young players coming through and stuff like this. But it was probably just his son who's average rugby player just trying to come through the ranks. Yeah. He's probably like 15 or something. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, I suppose when I played for a couple of games um, and sort of proved myself, uh, it sort of died down a wee bit. But I was I was passionate about it. Eh? I loved it. And I obviously my grandma was born there and she went over to New Zealand when she was 12. So, so no, I had I had every right to be there. Yeah, and you got them off your back, like you said, pretty quick after carving up at the Rugby World Cup. Talk to me about your Rugby World Cup experience. Yeah, it was it was like so quick, eh? Like we just finished the Super Rugby, and obviously knew the World Cup was big, but just like these little grounds we played at, um, is it where your brother used to play Gloucester Kingsholm? Yeah, yeah. That we played, that was my first World Cup game in, uh, against Japan, and they just obviously upset um, South Africa. Yeah. And oh, that was awesome, eh? Because those little stadiums that are really close to the ground, it was, the atmosphere was awesome. Yeah. So we had like, so we had a really good win against them. And then uh, we, uh, I missed, I missed actually missed the next two games. Because, you know, they said the, the footage of the, the drone people over top that, they used to look for head injuries. Yeah. I got a split head head against them, and I didn't. Nothing happened, but they reckon I was slow up. And I did my i I failed like fourteen cog sports um, over two weeks. But the thing was, I didn't even get knocked out. It was that I did my baseline. I went too good, and I I couldn't keep. I I, was, I always like used to stress out on that one. Where you, have you seen this card before? <laughs> So I had to go get cleared by a neurosurgeon sort of guy, and I was absolutely fine. So I got back for Samoa in the semi-final. Um, but man, that semi-final, how gutting! Yeah, I still remember it was like it, we just scored an inset try, and it was started pissing down with rain. And I remember, I think it was, I think maybe a five or a six plus one in the rain, and I was at plus one. And I remember them calling the call, and then they went, and, that, and it was the call to the back. And I was just like, "Oh no, what the hell are we doing going to the back?" So it's gone over top. Yeah, I've whacked it back, 
or something. And obviously, it's had a, it was an accidental offside, and one of our props dived on it. Yeah, and it was only an um, accidental offside, but he gave a, a penalty, and Bernard Foley um, kicked it, and Chuvia just ran off the field. Eh? <laughs> That's right. I yeah, because yeah, uh, John Welsh, he was a prop that uh, that dived on it. He's at Newcastle as well. So I always have, we always have each other on saying, it's your fault, it's your fault. <laughs> it's like, are you, I always tell him, he cost me 26 grand. <laughs> Was that the um, semi-final bonus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Mate, uh, and we were playing Argentina as well. It was probably one of our best chances we would have had of making a, a, a final. Yeah, geez, how good. And then um, from there, you, you went to Edinburgh? Yeah, I, I signed... So I signed with Edinburgh for two years and sort of got a taste of like this big rivalry between uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh, um, the eighteen seventy two Cup. So I experienced that, and that that was pretty cool. And they they played on like the twenty twenty uh, third and the twenty sixth. So it was like the first time of like you know what Christmas New Year's is, was yeah. like in New Zealand it was just next level <laughs> it was like no I was training on Christmas day yeah. um but um they, they were awesome matches um and then also like I went back there for a wee bit and then it was pretty much straight back into Six Nations and when I finished that Six Nations I was absolutely shattered like I I think I had played i don't know like maybe three three or four seasons on the bounce like without a rest yeah. like i think i had like two weeks rest um and i i went to the coach i go mate i, I need a rest here like because hamish watson was coming through there i was like why can't they just play him yeah sort of thing and he's like nah man he's a savage he's like nah man you'll play you play you're fine <laughs> and then i went out and played had absolute shit he's like no nah, you're fucked, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he gave me the rest of the season off. <laughs> but, man, I was so tight. But, you, you know, you, you feel like you can do it, but you you, you just got no zip to it yeah. yourself. You're just tired. You're yeah. just tired. So I think after that, that's when I just had injury after injury after injury. Eh? And it just I reckon it had a, a, a lot to do with just having such a big season and then just um, – Injury after injury and after injury for for right up until about 2018. Yeah, true. Because obviously the way you play, you throw your body around too. So playing that amount of games, your body goes through absolute hammering. <laughs> yeah, it's it, uh, yeah, it does. It does. I tell you what, it's uh, just getting so so much more physical every every year over here. Um, everyone's getting bigger, stronger, and faster. Eh? So. I'm glad I'm coming to the end of my career because <laughs> far out. And how'd you find living in Edinburgh? Mate, lovely city, eh? Yeah. Awesome. Good nightlife. Um, just um, obviously enjoyed it a wee bit much. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was great. Like, we had a good bunch of foreign boys, Nasi Manu, uh, Phil Burley. Um, yeah, we just good lads. Um, Nick McLean, he was played for Scotland Sevens. Yeah. Um, but we just had a good group of boys, and I got on real, the, the Scottish blokes are just like just good blokes. They eh? border the borders boys real like off 
like sort of farms and just rough air, rough airs. But no, I loved Edinburgh. There's so much to do, like the Fringe Festival and um, like all that sort of stuff. It was pretty awesome. And talk to me about 2017. Started off as a superhero. I think you, you chased down a shoplifter, didn't you? You made the news. Talk to me about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I was at Wagon Mama's and like it was upstairs. And I remember like, there was a very unathletic woman chasing this guy. Yeah. And I was like, what's he doing? And I took a while. And then I realized he was, he stole, I, think, I don't know, I stole a handbag or something. Oh, yeah. So I just, uh, so I just jumped off my chair and I just sprinted down the, like a mall. <laughs> and you, there's obviously an escalator goes down and he like went for the escalator and I just went up the side of the escalator and grabbed him by the collar and just pulled him up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <what a> <laughs> yeah. And, I, and, but, do you know how your heart starts racing? You yeah. know what to do. You're like, I was like, yeah. But then at like, um, I put a tweet out and called myself Usain Bolt. And then all the papers were over it. And it's funny because everyone talks about that. If I ever do an interview, still to this day. Oh, true. But, what did he do once you yeah. pulled him up? What did he do? Did he do anything? Mate, mate, he was off his face in, anyway. Oh, so, um, yeah, they just, I think it was about two or three security guards. And I just, um, uh, I just left and was hoping for a medal in the in the mail. <laughs> well, the medal was probably sent out, and then the end of 2017, uh, they probably <laughs> took it back off you after the incident. Yeah, you're right. In the what was it? In a nightclub, you got done for um, cocaine. Was it? Um, no, so it was alleged, alleged. Um, cocaine, alleged cocaine use. Yeah, um, I'll obviously touch on it more when i finished my rugby career yeah. um but but um obviously that was a pretty pretty tough time for me um especially for my family as well um and yeah i i learned a lot about myself and um um sometimes you have to learn the hard way and and it was it and i think before that i was um I, I probably wasn't in the best place at the time as well. Yeah. Um, but leading up until that, um, being away from family, I'm, but that's no excuse or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I was sort of, um, yeah, I, was, I, I don't know. I just got caught up in a bit. I believe my own hype a wee bit, thought I was better than I actually was. And yeah. it was, that's what I found probably my form dropped off as well. I'm not one to be cocky, but I, I, I think I was thinking I was a bit better than I was and it was just going to happen. Yeah. And that's probably one of the biggest regrets I have is having probably a period around there, not just a suspension, but just the way I, obviously I trained hard and did everything, but did I do my recovery right? Did I should have, I went and had those beers in the weekend on a short turnaround. It's just those little things that, um, I, we can't go back in time now. It's done. But that's if there's any young players sort of out there, uh, it's those those little one percenters that um, that can get you and um, and can do a bit of damage as well. Yeah. So what happened with the suspension? What was the go there? Uh, so I was it was a pro, drawn off processes with um, with hearings and stuff like that, and I got suspended for three months and. Um, yeah, so I got three months suspension. So they sent me back to um, New Zealand, and obviously had Christmas with my family. Yeah, 
Um, obviously not the not the way you want to head back back home for, for Christmas, but obviously that was the best thing for me at the time. Yeah, it was it was like honestly when I come back as well, it was like when when you come back into the team, it was like I remember texting, I was like, Am I allowed back in now? Like I was like, yeah. holy kid. I remember texting them now, am I allowed back in now? And they're like, uh, yeah, you can come back in. Uh so so that was good. So I like during that time I uh, trained my I've trained my ass off, eh? Like yeah. probably the hardest I've ever trained in my life. And because I was, I, I sort of wanted to sort of prove a point when I come back and I was up that year in terms of my contract and I sort of knew no matter how well I played, I, I was going to be moved on yeah. sort of thing. But I, I played reasonably well and um, had a good finish the season with Edinburgh and, and, and stuff like that. But obviously it wasn't the year I really wanted to end, but I've got, shit, I've got some good memories there eh, with some good lads and I absolutely loved it, eh? Yeah, for sure. And then the next move was a wee trial in Clermont, was it? Yeah, so big whop, DZ, big whopper. Yeah. Like I, so I had signed with Clermont on a two-year deal, and I needed to go get my medical. And I was in a game against Cardiff, and in the in the warm up, I took off, and my back just went bang, and I couldn't move. Yeah. And I ended up, ended up playing the game, and then, mate, honestly, I couldn't. I couldn't. I was sleeping. I slept four hours one week because my back was that bad, sore. And I was like, right. I've got to get this like sorted, and, mate. And then I rang up Clement and said, oh, I'll need surgery. So I had surgery on my back, and Clement just obviously filed my medical straight up. So I was left with no job, mate. So and I needed surgery. So this new season was coming in and I had no job and I was like, Far, what am I going to do? I'm just going to go home and maybe play for the Stags or something. And then Big Whopper gives me a ring. He was in Poe at this time and he goes, Hards, you're not going home. You, you, you're coming to stay with me and we're, and you're going to train over here and you're going to get a job. Um, so I went over to Whoppers and was ended up staying there with him for four months. Wow. Um it was awesome, mate. It was during the World Cup. Yeah. Um, the soccer World Cup. Yeah. And like they were touring around the streets and we we had an awesome time, eh? I loved it. What I can't thank Whopper enough for actually keeping me over there. And then it came up that uh Clement would give me another like shot to see how I was in terms of how my back's recovered. Yeah. So I went there and everything was going really well. Um they were happy with how things were going and they were really keen just to get to sign me. Yeah, and then I did my first field drill, and I took off in a sprint, bang, bulged my disc again, <laughs> and and then they've pretty much said to me, "Your trials up, and we we can't really take you." And I was like, "Oh no, right." So I went back to Whoppers, I went back to Whoppers for another month, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh, Dean Dean rang me up and uh, had my medical over there. He signed me until the rest of the season. Then I ended up signing another two years. So, so that that was uh, that. Mate, sounds like all your injuries. You throw your body into everything, and then all your injuries seem to happen when you're doing nothing. I know <laughs> it's uh, it actually is <laughs> like um, I think that yeah. I just you'd think you get injured in the in the big tackles or the, I don't know getting smashed and stuff like that. But um, no, nah, I've had a 
bit of bad luck and stuff like that, but um, oh, it happens to everyone, doesn't it? Sure does. And it's one of the frustrating parts of it as well. Yeah. And then um, Newcastle. So you got the lifeline from Newcastle. How have you found it there? Uh, yeah, it was good. It was probably it was the first time I had played in the Premiership before. Um, yeah, so I joined them and uh, helped them to victory of relegation. Um, <laughs> now that yeah, honestly, we keep winning, and then all the bottom teams would keep winning. Yeah. It was just like, oh man, it was it was so demoralising. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it just uh, honestly, when you get down that bottom of the table, it you'll you'll probably know what it's like. London Irish is <laughs> just on your yeah. back all the time. And it's like relegation, relegation. They scrapped that now. Yeah, thank God. So yeah, I know. Um, so. Yeah, we ended up going down and we uh, went down to the champ, mate. And what it was, it was actually really good. Like, it was like back to the grassroots sort of thing. But you know what it's like nodding him away. <laughs> mud, mud, mud bath. Um, oh, it was freezing. And on Jersey, there was, a, there was an actual storm. It had a name or something. I can't remember. It was so bad. It was like, yeah. And like honestly, like the changing rooms were like you couldn't. I had to put my bag in the physio room and get changed in the physio room because I couldn't fit my bag there. And I was just like, and then like walking out into some of the grounds, you were pretty much doing about two or three k warm up to get onto the field from the changing rooms. It was, it was, mate. It's not as easy as you think either. Like those teams, that's their cup final and. Far out, they rip her name. Yeah, they're some hard, eh? hard bastards. Yeah, I know, I know. Like, if you can run them round and get tire them out, but man, they bar up for it and they they just love footy. Eh? Yeah, love the rolling mall too. You would have been all over it. Oh, uh, uh, there's one thing I don't like mauling. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and then how's the season going at the moment? Um, it, actually, um, we're pretty good. We've got six, but we've um. We've lost two games due to COVID. Um, where we obviously had a couple of positive cases, and um, obviously we want to get at the close contacts in that. Um, you pretty much have to shut down the, the ground. So we've had a good start, actually. We won our first four games, four or five games. I, <laughs> funny enough, I uh, fractured my uh, back on. I've just come back from there and fractured at training. So it was non-contact session. <laughs> and, the, and, and, the, and the guy thought it was contact and he's lifted me off the ground and slammed me onto artificial pitch on the back and I've, I've broke my back. So I was out for 10 weeks. <laughs> but uh, my back. No. Nah, <laughs> door back, all right. <laughs> Tell me that. Couldn't even get – I remember I, I actually drove all the way back down to Edinburgh with that that night and True. i was like geez my back sore i was like geez it's sore <laughs> but i my back has been so sore for so long you don't even know if it's like it's just the same or what's happening i'm gonna have to get a good when i finish rugby i'm gonna have to get a good rehab guy so i can still swing the sticks around I might have to get a back fusion like tiger have you been able to play golf about with them? all your um back injuries yeah, just don't tell the physios. Um, <laughs> I played during lockdown. There was one thing you could do, like they opened golf courses. So I was down with my girlfriend in Edinburgh. Um, so we just isolated together over that time, 
and we'd play every Monday and Friday. And I was such a good opportunity for my body to get a big rest day. Yeah. And I've played golf twice a week. I get home and I am sore than I am after a game of footy. My back's in bits. And I go, I go back to training and they're like, oh, shit, your back must be unreal after all this rest it's had. And I was, I was like, yeah, no, it feels real good, mate. And then I'm like, it feels the worst it's fucking ever felt. <laughs> yeah. So I've had to like, like adjust my, oh, that's what we did. We, um, we during when it was the lockdown was quite lifted a wee bit. I caught up with some mates from New Zealand and we played the old course St Andrews. It was awesome, eh? How was your first tee shot on that? I think I got a question about that. Oh, <laughs> who was that? <laughs> oh, I, I, we had had a few jars the night before. I had, uh, and I put it down to I had had a terrible instant coffee when I need p- premium coffee before I go out for golf. Seven thirty. <laughs> Like, my eyes were like piss holes in the snow. And I was just like, I went in and I thought, right, this is a massive fairway here. Four iron stinger, show the boys who's boss. And I've just absolutely chunked it. And it's not very often I chunk it. And I just, and like, the the most famous tee shot in the world. And it's your first go at it. It's probably the last time I have a go, and it goes across the ground. And I was made. It was devastating. And I would. I, and there's a few boys there I didn't know either. And I was. And I said I was on a certain handicap or what four or five or something. And then they must have been like, "Who's this fucking idiot? Who does who does he think he is playing off there? Look at him." Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> And you're also a COVID survivor. That's another one. Jeez, how how did that go down? Um, so it was actually after Christmas. I hadn't been anywhere, like because that's that's when it started getting really bad. And Boris let everyone pretty much do what they want on Christmas Day and spread it all everywhere. <laughs> um, but I remember the only two places I went was uh, to the fish and chip shop. Uh, takeaway and uh, a grocery shop once and that's the only place I could get it and then I like I remember like waking up in the middle of the night just with a splitting headache, I never wake up from headaches and then I was splitting headache, I was just about to go into training and then I had him sit down, like to sit down with a big cup of coffee and get Good Morning Britain on and I was devastated and I couldn't taste my coffee and I was like oh no because I'd already isolated twice that, this year before that because I've been close contact with people that had it oh, so I've spent I've spent four weeks without going inside during this season <laughs> and um yeah I just man, it was it was horrible it was horrible like no energy uh you all your body ached but um not saying it wasn't like the worst flu I've had or anything like that. It was just wasn't nice, but you can see how it could affect the older people or people with um, some health conditions and stuff like that. Yeah. So how long did it take you to re- fully recover from that? Do you know, I reckon I, I reckon I still feel like tired. True. Unless, unless um, I'm just tired all the time. But <laughs> um, with it, with it, where's I tell the coach? coaches we I can't make it to somewhere I'll just tell them like co- long COVID mate can't help that 
<laughs> and then how's the body feeling? Do, do you know what? It's actually really good at the moment. Um, like I obviously have had some tr- trouble for the last probably five or six years with my back, but uh, I work with the with the trainers and that at the moment, and they they limit the sort of stuff I do and. I uh, haven't squatted for six years, which is so good. Um, just the old leg press. Um, but uh, no, I'm actually really enjoying my rugby at the moment. I think it's because it's probably, I know I'm getting to the end of it a wee bit, but um, I still feel really good. I still feel like I can compete at, 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 this, at this level. So I, I suppose um, when you feel like you're, yeah, you're just not quite there. I think you you, you sort of know that, that that will be the time. But yeah, I still feel like I've got a, another couple of, couple of years in me. Hopefully, how good. So, what are the plans? How long are you signed there? So, so I'm up up this year. So, yeah, uh, yeah Dean, if you're listening, I'm available um, <laughs> <laughs> available for a negotiation. <laughs> um, but yeah, I oh, know we'll just see how things go. Obviously, COVID over here has put everything into perspective and um yeah i'm just gonna um enjoy my rugby and just see where that gets me and if that if this is my last season it's the last season but we'll just see how the body feels to be fair i've only played two games back um so give me another two games and i'll be telling you my back's off the bone mate <laughs> would you finish uh would you like to finish your career with a swan song at the stags uh y- yeah I, I would i would i but I don't know how bashed up I'm going to be by then. Yeah. Um, and but I would like I owe a lot, a lot to Southland, and I loved it down there. So yeah, I I definitely consider it. Um, but um, yeah, who knows what the future holds, mate? And what's the plans after rugby? Have you got much of a plan? You sort of mentioned about setting up a wee um, academy for the youth, but yeah, that's um, that's mainly what I want to do. It's I don't want to be a personal trainer in terms. I was sort of want to be high performance, something that uh, gives me a bit, bit of a buzz. Like, um, so more towards a high performance sort of training, training stuff like that, and um, maybe like those sort of pre academy things. Maybe, yeah, something like that, mate. Like, I always get told since you're nineteen, eighteen, I'll get planned for your career, mate. It's I'm still. I've tried so many different things and I think one of the things is you got to make sure you actually like it before you get into it. You can't say, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer because I want to be a lawyer and then get to it and you're absolutely hating life. 100%. So obviously with this COVID, you can't really get get out and mingle with people, which we usually do, which is always good to do. So no, I'll, um, I'll tick away at something, mate. And it's obviously when you get to this age, you're probably the same. It's a bit of a scary situation, isn't it? You don't know how you're going to feel about it or yeah. if you're ready for it. or Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a scary situation, I saw it. And I'm sure it'll come up quick. And how bloody quick do the last few years of your career go? Like, <laughs> man. Like, yeah. like, I'm like, I'm like far out. It felt so long when I was young, but now I'm like, oh, please, can I just go back like five or six years, please? Because I actually quite like doing this for a job. <laughs> oh, whatever you do, I'm sure you'll be successful. You're too good of a lad not to. But anyway, what a career, what a journey, what a lad. 
as always, we've gone to our Instagram for some questions, and I mean, a lot of them we've covered already, but um, there's there is still plenty more. So, a lot of them about the old yes please interview, as you as you could imagine, <laughs> and a few about the old um, incident. Okay, nine to three, some stories, please. Oh, 9-3 against Canterbury. Oh, nice. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. 9-3. <laughs> Still remember it. Um, that was awesome. It was Robbie Robertson had a blinder that day, actually. And, man, we had a great time, eh? <laughs> I think we were playing – I think we played, like, the fr- Friday or Saturday night. And we didn't. We I think we were still going on the Monday, and we had a Friday game next time <laughs> to defend it. But but you got to enjoy it, don't you? Otherwise, like you could lose it the next week. But we ended up just we ended up just keeping it and keeping it. Just some somehow we just grinded it away. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Ask him about the time he turned up to the Saturday races at Ricketon in his pajamas. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I um, I got I used to get too excited at Cup Week, eh? And like, yeah, honestly, the Tuesday was a big day, and then we it used to be the free for on the Friday. Yeah. And I I and I used to think I used to think on the big on the big man on I I live for the Friday free free for all Friday. Yeah. And I got absolutely melted, and I started. I started like chucking, like chucking like savories across over the room and like the Christian Cullen Lounge and stuff like that. And I uh, must have had a massive night. And I've, and I've woke up and I, I couldn't find my suit or anything. And I have turned up to the races and casuals with my jammy pants. <laughs> and I was like, and, and I don't know what I was doing, eh? But. That the, the people wouldn't even let me in and stuff, so I had to taxi all the way back and try find some uh, things. But yeah, that it was another great week, eh? That's the top times of your life, there, oh, mate. Cut week, one of the greats, eh? Okay. Yeah. If you had to play in the back line, where would you place yourself? Probably twelve. And I'll tell you a story about this. Go on. Uh, I was second year. With Jamie Joseph, I didn't make the Highlanders squad for, for for that week, so I went down to play club rugby for Star. So I, back back then, I used to play twelve. Yeah, I just used to jump in at twelve, and I played twelve. And Jamie Joseph heard that I played twelve, and I didn't play the next seven games after that for the Highlanders. True. He goes, "What? He goes, why the f are you?" thinking playing there i've sent you away to work on your playing seven and stuff like that and man he was scary eh? <laughs> he was scary yeah yeah so so yeah it would probably be 12 a eh? but i think i think you probably want somewhere where you don't see as much like big people run down your channel eh? like I mean, it sucks watching like doing malls and scrums and that when you watch the backs just like kicking around and that that'd be so fun <laughs> yeah okay what's your favorite moment in the scotland jersey cheers tom it was it was probably um my first game um in the world in the world cup um 
first game of the World Cup against Japan and my mum and dad, I hadn't seen them and they just flew over and mum and dad were in the tunnel and dad was like, John, and he, and he like turned around and I seen an appearance there and ended up playing not too bad that game. So that's probably one of my highlights of the first World Cup game and oh. probably 216 beating France at um, home for the first time in 10 years was pretty cool as well. Oh, it's good memories. Okay. Who's your favourite home and away star? Oh, I... I used to love this, eh? I used to, but I don't even know. They're all new now, aren't they? Um, I loved um, probably Alpha. Eh? <laughs> yeah. just, a, just a legend. Like, he was a counsellor. He was a dad. He was a granddad, a great-granddad. He was a mediator. He was everything. Just a good lad. Like, he's, he's the sort of guy you'd have at bouncer at your school party sort of thing. Alpha, what a lad. Just, Okay, if you were given the chance, would you play for Scotland again? Um, yeah, mate, I'd I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, it's obviously I'm getting on, but I'd still love to play for Scotland. But, uh, yeah, obviously got to get back out in that field and uh, and make, make sure this back doesn't rip off the bone. So is that what it's been? Is that why you haven't been playing, just because you haven't? You've had injuries and you just haven't been playing enough? Oh, no, I think um, the Scotland back row at the moment is pretty bloody good, eh? So um, I, I was in the two, 2019 um, Six Nations squad, but I I didn't play. Um, it was quite an annoying one, actually. I um, I had a big burst behind my knee, and honestly, like, it, it was like... I was playing quite well for Newcastle at the time and it was so sore. Eh? Do you know, you felt like my knee was going to explode, but it was just a burser. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, and I was, I was so slow at training. And I remember, I remember they just said to me, like, you're just not looking sharp. Yeah. And I just, I just like uh, that sort of just blew my chances a wee bit, not to say I was going to start or anything like that, but, and, you know, just at those important times, you get those niggles and people like, no, nah, just go through it. But those are the sort of things that do hinder you. And if you do play, you look like an absolute idiot. Yeah, for sure. That's good advice. Okay. Which club has had the best fans out of all the teams you've played for? So there was like a um, Stags. There's like a Stags army that used to be down thing. And they used to have a song um, that they used to sing about me. And it was like, uh, what were they called? They were called something the Antlers over there, Scott Pub. They're like, it goes by the name of John Hardy, John Hardy, <laughs> John Hardy. If your wife asks, who is he? You better reply, it's John Hardy. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's sort of like, I still remember them. So, nah, the crowds have been good everywhere, but the Stags was awesome and Far Out Zoo is pretty awesome, eh? Yeah, a couple of good ones. Okay. Ask him about the time he was having a punt on Saturday and reround the TV to watch his horse get pipped at the post. And then for the next two hours, he was behind time and trying to figure out why he kept missing the races. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because, you know, obviously I don't bet anymore, but, uh, you know, when you're, yeah, like on the, on the laptop, and I obviously rewound it and rewound it again and again and again. And I was, I was fuming because I keep missing the races, but it was uh, everything was in delay, and it took me like two hours, and the boys were just laughing at me sitting there. 
<laughs> so it's just I was like things were already happening. Uh, I think the boys were like, oh, I guarantee this one will win this race. And I was like, How did you know that? Like <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine yeah. you doing that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last one. Ask him what was going through his head when Terra to Love won for the third year in a row. Yeah, I think like I remember watching him because I used to study them quite hard and and it was Terra to Love was a two-year-old, but he wasn't the best in the crop um, out of them all, like all the Puritans and that there. But I watched this run once and he like was about four or five wide as a two-year-old green and it, it was great. And he was green as he came around the corner. He finished third, but it was massive and not many people seen it. And I, and then he, I think they thought he was a three-year-old because he won as a four-year-old. And I said to boys, I labeled him and he'd win the, the New Zealand Cup, oh. I, and I labelled it to the boys. I put my nuts on the line, <laughs> and they honestly it's up there with some of the big, bigger, biggest rugby highlights. Was naming that from a, a from a two or three year old, and he gets up and he just keeps winning. And mate, I was I was just so happy because I like I I watched it and I um, just proved the boys wrong. And fuck, it feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> Just, just yeah, you, you, you used to love spotting them, eh? Just one of the 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 the, the, the dark horses, the we the, the ones that get unlucky. Yeah, oh, you could pick them. I'm surprised you lost so much money from it. Yeah, I oh, know. That's why you have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, hard horse. Been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. Obviously, love following your career um, from the young age where we crossed over our pass at under 19s. I think it was and. Seeing you progress and have the successful career that you've had has been awesome to watch and um, we've obviously got a few mutual friends so I feel like I've followed your journey pretty closely on and off the field and oh, you've had some good times and um, you obviously got some really good stories from your um, times as a professional rugby player but really appreciate you coming on the show and giving up your time, mate. Cheers, Jimmy, mate. Keep it going, eh? I'm loving your podcast. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers.